Hey, I'm Elise, and this is the Courage Project Podcast, a place where I share vulnerable and open conversations about the ways I am choosing to live more consciously and return to who I truly am. May this be a sanctuary for you to meet more of yourself and embrace the fullness of life. Today's conversation is all about community. And this is a topic that's been very present for me lately that I've been contemplating a lot and bringing a lot of awareness to as it shows up in my life because of certain situations that I've found myself in. These situations I will get into throughout the episode, but to start off the episode, I want to pose a few questions that we'll kind of dive into through exploring my experience with community as I've been traveling If you don't already know, I've been traveling around Asia, mostly actually in Indonesia, in Bali. Traveling has been an intense learning curve in many unexpected ways and in very much so real time. My needs evolve and they change and I've had to learn to adapt my life accordingly as I've been so in touch with how my needs are changing on a moment-to-moment, day-to-day basis. And I've been realizing how significant community is as a factor in my decisions of where I'll go next in my travels, which has actually led me to make a decision that I didn't expect to make to stay in Bali a lot longer than I thought I would have. And with this realization, I saw so much importance of speaking to the topic of community and consciously creating community for yourself. Because community is an innate, essential human need. So it's something that's so important to bring attention to in our lives and actually create a healthy relationship with community. So the questions that I want to pose to you as we enter this episode, just to kind of allow to percolate throughout the conversation, are firstly, what elements are important for you in your community? What elements do you feel are important to have in your community? The second question is, when have you felt a sense of community? And what are times that you have felt that this sense of community has lacked? And the third question is, can a sense of community be maintained amidst the constant uprooting that comes with traveling? These are three questions that I've had to contemplate over and over again, and my answers have evolved and changed to these questions. But I think it's something that's important to begin considering, especially as community is such a big part of our lives. And with the ever-changing landscape of the way we interact with each other and the world through social media, through differing norms and what is acceptable in terms of what community looks like even in person... It's something that's, um, it's always empowering to realize that we have the power to take back authority of this area of our lives and to make any conscious choices and changes that we feel are necessary that would help us flourish in this area of our lives, as with any other area as well. So diving a little deeper into the first question And what I have learned is important for me in terms of creating community. Firstly is quality over quantity. 
traveling for now almost seven months has shown me that there are a lot of people out there. Some you connect with and some you just have a nice conversation with, one little interaction and that's all. If you've ever been in a room full of people but still felt lonely, it kind of goes to show that this is true, that quality over quantity is something to be valued because having a huge quantity of people around you doesn't necessarily mean that you have a sense of community. A sense of community comes from having quality relationships with the people who are in your circle. Which brings me to my second point being that something I have learned that is important for me in terms of community is people that I can actually have a conversation with, that understand me and see me, and also that allow themselves to be seen by me. There's a certain level of vulnerability that comes with feeling a sense of community between yourself and another person. And this has been something that's come up strongly for me because I've had senses of community with people that I actually can't have a conversation with because of simple things like a language barrier. But if you can't actually communicate with each other, which comes through oftentimes being able to speak in your own native language, then it's really hard to feel a sense of depth between yourself and another person. A third thing that I've found to be very important in creating a conscious, meaningful community is that we share common values. Now, not everything has to be shared. We don't have to share values on every single thing. That's quite unreasonable to assume. And I think you're going to have a hard time finding much community if that's your criteria. But many things, and oftentimes the most important ones, can very reasonably be shared in terms of values. Now, the interesting thing that I've found about travel is that this shared values piece is often a given depending on where or how you're meeting people. Where you meet someone can actually say a lot about what they value. For instance, I've met people at the gym, in a yoga class or after yoga class, in a vegan cafe, or maybe at a nightclub or an entrepreneur's event. And you can see how all these different locations will say a lot about the type of people that they attract to those locations. And the other last thing I've learned is important for me in broader sense of community because I feel that the first few were a little bit more like person-to-person, relationship-to-relationship. In a broader sense of a community, I think it's important to have a variety of people and a variety of relationships to create a sense of community because each relationship serves a different purpose. Not all of your relationships need to be your soulmates that you have deep conversations about the depths of your personal life with. Maybe some friends give you a sense of humor that you don't get from others. And this is where it's important to have a variety of different people because no one person can fulfill every single need we have in terms of what we need from a community. And just because one relationship looks one way and you enjoy it, it doesn't mean that if another relationship looks a different way that you can't enjoy that too. So that kind of sums up my criteria or what comes to mind in terms of what I've learned through my travels and just through life in general, but largely through my travels, is important for me in terms of 
my sense of community and feeling a sense of community. Moving into question two about how I've learned these things that are important to me through observing times that I've felt a sense of community and that I've felt that sense of community has been lacking. And being in situations where I've experienced the contrast between the two. So a little story to set a little bit of uh, context for a lot of the learning around community that's gone on in my life lately After the first four months of my travel, it became really clear to me that I needed a little bit of slowness in my life. I needed some time to settle down, to create some routine. I had been moving so fast, meeting so many new people, feeling so uprooted as I was moving from country to country, city to city, over and over again, that I knew I craved some stability, something familiar. So I felt called to go back to Bali, which was where I had started my travels back in January of this year. And I decided to book myself a month at a place living out of the city center in a little local Balinese village, quite isolated from any other tourists. I didn't really know what I was getting myself into when I booked this place, but upon arriving, I found actually a new excitement for a new way of experiencing community living in this local village. I was so excited to get an introduction to living like the locals, to interacting with the locals, and I found it like a little challenge for myself to create a sense of community in this local Balinese village, and I really enjoyed doing it. I got comfortable, I had my places that I would regular, I had my people that I would wave at during my morning walks along the village road, and I ended up actually getting trapped in it. I extended my stay for another whole month, and around that time I began to acknowledge ways that this exciting new experience of community was not actually satisfying my needs for community as I mentioned earlier. So revisiting that need to actually have people in my community that I can have a conversation with, I was in this community, this Balinese community, where it was a fun challenge to try to communicate in their language and to just have meaningless conversation. Yet I was not able to converse and actually connect deeper with them because we were just trying to barely be able to communicate at all. Referring to another one of my needs of sharing common values, I realized that proximity does not equal alignment. And I refer this back to actually thinking of like my high school experience and high school friends because I grew up in a small town and I'd imagine it's like this in any high school experience that you end up being friends with people in your high school because of proximity. You all live in the same or similar area. You all go to the same school every day. So of course you're going to become friends because that's kind of all you have access to, especially for me in a small town. But just because you live in proximity with these people doesn't mean that you actually are aligned with them as a human. And, you know, when you're in high school, to some extent, you don't really know exactly what that means for you. And just by being in this community that I was in, this Balinese community, I realized that just because they were there and they were a community that I could be in proximity with, it didn't mean that I actually had any shared values or anything in common with these people. 
Although I do still really appreciate the experience that I was able to have in creating that sense of community with and among them. Also, in realizing that my needs for community were not really being satisfied, I began to realize an ultimate, somewhat harsh truth that I didn't really belong in this community. We couldn't really connect and I didn't fully understand the people that I was starting to spend a lot of time with. So eventually, weird things started to happen around my little villa that I was staying in. And to me, I think these were all my signs that I had overstayed. That it was a great experience, but it's not something that I needed to linger in. Eventually, I had one final quite shitty circumstance that actually fled me out of the villa altogether. I left my rental a little bit earlier than anticipated and ended up in a blessing of a situation. I ended up living among peers who are like me, who I can relate to, who I can see myself more clearly in and understand. This isn't to negate the fact that communities need diversity, but when you're so isolated from anyone that you can relate to and understand, living among these people who I could relate to felt so nourishing and refreshing and honestly like a relief and it was actually this new community and these peers who made me want to stay in Bali longer it reminded me of how it feels to have people who get you who you can speak with and laugh with and it allowed me to experience those values those things that I mentioned earlier that are important to me in community and another piece I want to touch on about how I've learned what's important to me in terms of community through my travels is by observing other cultures that seem to have a rich sense of community and why I think that that may be true, that they have this rich sense of community. A few things that I've noticed throughout the cultures that I've experienced is, firstly, a sense of slowness. They seem to have nowhere to be when they're with each other. They have this sense of presence that is unlike anything that I've seen or experienced in my experience of the Western world. Another piece was that they live in proximity to each other. It's so easy to just drop in without texting or calling before. And there's this sense of understanding that that's okay. That doesn't really seem to exist anymore in our world. But it does remind me of my childhood and that that used to be a thing. And one last thing that I've observed about these cultures where community seems to be so rich is that they support each other at a whole other level. For example, like when one person in their village has a wedding, the entire village drops everything and is there and creating this entire celebration and ceremony out of it. Lastly, I'd like to address that third question of can we maintain a sense of community amidst the constant uprooting that comes along with traveling? And while this is coming from my perspective of having just traveled for the past seven or eight months, this is definitely something that applies in all areas of life because we're all such dynamic humans and we interact with each other in new ways. And when we put ourselves into new environments and new situations, we are putting ourselves in new communities as well and presenting new opportunities for ourselves to create new communities. And not only that, but 
as humans, we're so mobile, right? We don't have roots, we're not trees, and we're not stuck to one place. So, so many of us will move to different cities, different countries. Our friends will move to different cities and countries. And the relationships that we have become very dynamic in that sense that we're really not promised any amount of time with any person. So travel is a very narrowed and intensified experience of what is actually happening in general in the greater spectrum of life. In my experience of traveling, I've been forced to learn and spend much of my time contemplating what community means to me, and I've really been experiencing in real time the ways that community shows up in my travels or it lacks. And it's been so interesting to observe and experience because community has really evolved and meant something so different to me now than it ever has before. One thing that's really interesting is I've noticed I've had connections that have actually deepened or maybe even reignited or sprouted like a little seed out of something that was just barely planted before solely online. With these connections, I'm speaking more to the ones that I've had before I left for traveling. Not the people that I met during my travels, but the people that I had met in some capacity, whether in person, whether online, whether just in passing, before I left for my travels. So this, to me, really has said something about the power of community from afar. And the ways that these relationships deepened were largely because these people would be there for me, in times when I really needed it the most. And I come at this from a very interesting background as well because I'd already had somewhat of an experience of this from my social media presence and community. Like, for example, I've met people in real life that I had only ever connected with online. Or there's many people that I have that are my friends online that I've actually never even met in person, but I have still a very deep connection with them. And I think that's often an obstacle is that belief that connections online or from afar are just not the same as in person. And while sometimes that is true, I've really proven to myself during these travels that that's not always the truth. That connections can actually deepen, that we can revisit connections, or that maybe even that distance, that travel, was the fertile soil that was enough for that little seed that had been planted to actually sprout out above the ground and begin to grow into a beautiful friendship. Of course, this wasn't always the case, and there's some friendships that I've had that have unfortunately just kind of faded, and it comes back to the point of quality over quantity. When we can approach friendships and relationships and community with a sense of non-attachment to the actual individuals themselves, but rather the sense of fulfillment that these individuals are giving us and the dynamics that we have, we can allow ourselves to surrender a little bit more to the flow of life and the cycles that are moving us through periods of growth that sometimes means that we grow a different direction from another person or a community that we've been part of for a little while or maybe forever. It's a really liberating concept to practice non-attachment to specific people themselves, but rather the feeling that you get when you're with them or with your community. We begin to realize that there are so many people out in this world and just because one person at one point in time has fulfilled a need of ours, it doesn't mean that that's the only way that that need can be fulfilled. I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here, but it felt like an important conversation to have. 
Another area of contemplation of mine around the question of maintaining a sense of community while traveling has been living in a transient community, such as Bali. And I've questioned a lot, can fleeting interactions satisfy my needs for community? My answer to that is, to some extent, yes. To some extent, maybe the need that we have is just to have those interactions, to have a fulfilling conversation where we really can drop in and meet each other where we are and understand and see each other. And that can be enough. But I think when you're doing this longer term, when travel becomes a bit more of your lifestyle or even in the sense of applicability to just life in general, we do have a sense of need for a community that is a little longer standing. I felt this largely when I ended up finally meeting a friend from Canada along my travels in Asia somewhere, and this was a friend that I'd known for a little while before. I just remember the sense of relief knowing that I could meet this person and not have to go through that same introduction, that same whole first phase of getting to know someone, and I could just meet them in a place that they already knew me. This friend of mine already knew those parts of me that I've been reintroducing every single time I've met a new person along my travels. So for a long time, yes, those fleeting interactions that I would have with other travelers that were passing through the same locations that I was passing through, and we would meet in a cafe or a yoga class or at the gym and know that we would never meet again probably... Those were satisfying, and I was able to lean into the aspects of those to fill the voids that I'd been missing in the community that I'd left at home. And so it's so cool to observe the ways that people show up in times when we really need them most. And the last thing I want to speak to around maintaining a community amidst that constant uprooting and movement of traveling is that traveling doesn't necessarily have to mean that you're losing people. I don't know if this is something that other people feel as well, but a big fear of mine is what if I lose the people I love? And I feared this not only because I'm creating physical distance but between myself and them, but within that distance and that time, people's lives are still going on without me in it. And in acknowledging that, I could strongly feel the distance increasing on a deeper level than just that physical distance from country to country. The distance that's created and felt when I'm doing life on my own and doing my own growth and growing in a different direction than I ever would have done before, but so are the other people that I love. And there's this fear of like, when I get back, will I still relate to these people? Will I still resonate? Will we still feel a connection? Will it just fade? And there's part of me that's holding on to the way it once was. And the way that it felt to be with and interact with these people. But that's based off of an experience from a person that I no longer am. And a person that these other people no longer are either. Yet, I also have to acknowledge that if and when I do go home or go back to these people, these relationships that I've had before, there's always the opportunity to meet each other again where we're at now. Because it's not only myself that's changed, it's them that's changed as well. And it's the circumstances and the environment around us. However, I think it helps to trust deeply that the people who are meant to be there always will be. 
and to acknowledge that travel may just speed up the dismantling of relationships or communities that were already built on unstable foundations, that were going to crumble next time something shook the ground a little anyways. And then you can see the true blessing that it is to have that process sped up and to experience that little bit of discomfort that comes with the dismantling of a community or relationship, because it'll only propel you faster into the new communities or relationships that you're actually going to find so much more fulfillment from. We are dynamic humans and we always have the possibility to revisit or grow in different directions from people. It's not linear, so just because we maybe grow apart from someone in one season doesn't mean that we're not going to revisit that relationship or that community or even that version of ourselves in another season as well. And one last thing I've really learned about this is every relationship or community that you have is unique. And we have so many different relationship dynamics and community dynamics that unfold and play out in different ways. So there's certain friends that you're going to be in constant communication with. Or there's certain friends that you reconnect with every so often, but you always drop right back in like no time ever passed. And there's certain people that maybe you'll even part with for years of your life, but there's always the possibility that somewhere down the line, you could reconnect depending on that wavy, non-linear path of each of your lives. And that path is just so unpredictable. So something to contemplate, maybe even to journal on, how can you consciously create a sense of community in your life? Regardless of your circumstances, your environment, the dynamic or static nature of your current situation, how can you consciously create a sense of community for yourself that is fulfilling? What are your needs in community? I'd say a good journaling exercise would be to contemplate times in your life that you felt a rich sense of community and times that you haven't. What's been present in both of those and what's been lacking? And I believe so strongly that we don't even know how good it can be until we experience better. So maybe push yourself to dream big as you contemplate these questions. What could a community feel like that's fulfilling to you? What are some things that you've never experienced in community before, but you feel like you'd love to experience? When we're clear on these things, we can more easily call them into our real life experience. So that's all I have for you today on this conversation about community. I hope that something landed with you or you could see part of yourself in my story of traveling and my experiences and lessons learned about community through travel. I always love to chat and keep the conversation going, so let me know if anything sparked something within you. You can always send me a message on Instagram DMs at Elise Lorene. I'll have that linked up in the show notes below. And until next time, I am wishing you a beautiful day whenever you're listening in, and we'll talk soon. Okay, bye!